If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Our guest today is Lisa Finn. Lisa's a dressage specialist, competitor, trainer and coach. She spends most of the time during the week teaching and then is out most Sundays competing with her 14-year-old daughter. How are you, Lisa? I'm well, thank you. Great. Lisa, we normally start off with a favourite quote. Have you got one for us? Yes. One of my favourite quotes is, hard work beats talent when talent does not work hard. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's particularly... Um, particularly in the horse industry. If you just want to repeat that again, what is it? Hard work? Hard work beats talent when talent does not work hard. Yeah, yeah, good. Lisa, do you use this yourself with your own students, with your daughter? Yes, I do. You know, when I decided to get into competing and horse riding, that if I wanted to get any better, I had to work harder and I couldn't just come at it as a sort of a casual rider and compete every now and then. Yep. And I can see it with the children that, you know, some of them are naturally quite talented, but they don't put the effort in and they they don't turn up for their lessons all the time and then the ones that are um you know not naturally there they don't naturally have a good seat and it takes a long time to get them into a good seat and to develop as a rider but because they just turn up every single week they often you know go straight ones that should be better yep yeah but they don't yeah Yeah, so it's that persistence pays off then as well yeah 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 lisa how did you start with horses My very first memory from horse riding was my neighbour took my sister and I for a bareback ride around the block on a little white pony. Mm -hmm. And uh, from there, I was just hooked. Every time I saw a horse, I had to, you know, you'd see horses in the paddock and drive past and go, oh, look, horses. (laughs) And then for two years, we lived up in the Northern Territories in a place called Port Keats, which was right near Bullo River Station that Sarah Henderson. So her, her youngest daughter was about the same age as me. And we used to go over there every school holidays on a little aeroplane because it was a million acre property mm-hmm. and they had old horses there that we were allowed to you know if we could climb up on them we could ride them so we'd often run out into the paddocks no shoes on and they'd have these really long manes that we'd be pulling <laughs> hands and sticking our toes between their legs to try and yank ourselves up onto them but yeah <laughs> so yeah, that was yeah. it for me yeah and then uh, as a teenager i had a couple of horses but I only just rode them in the paddocks i never actually went to pony club or had any lessons or Anything like that? Mm -hmm. I just want to put something in then. So if someone said, I think I might have heard that wrong, a million acres, no, no. Um, I think you're probably right. And I don't even know why you're saying a million acres because they're usually measured in square miles anyway. Yeah. 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 I think sometimes people don't realise the enormity of our outback. Yeah. I know it was, yeah, it was a huge, I think from their driveway, it was a two-day drive or a one-day drive to get to the house. Yeah. 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 All right. Now, Going from there, sorry, and I and I interrupted you there because you were you were sort of talking about, you know, on the property. Then 
going on, did you decide to have a career with horses or what, you know, what sort of brought that on? Because it's a long way from riding bareback on a white pony with your neighbour. Um, yeah. It wasn't until I was 22 and my sister and I got into the restaurant. So we were working night times and I had all my days pretty free. And that was when I got another horse and I thought, okay, well, you know, if I'm going to learn to ride, I'm going to start taking lessons. So that was when I started taking lessons and I really loved it. And I loved how the coach was teaching. I thought, oh, I wish I could do that. So I looked up the EA qualifications to become a coach and thought, uh, okay, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not there yet. I, you know, cause you, at that time yeah, you had to. Got to be a, you can't just come in as a beginner rider. Yeah. 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 But still at 22, you know, that's a bit of a late start anyway. But, you know, you obviously kept persisting with the lessons and kept learning more. Yes. And then um, uh, I moved to Adelaide in 1998 and I had a I had my first child. And then uh, six years later I had my second child. But from Canberra I brought my horse with me. So I've had him since he was two. <laughs> so he wow. came over with And I thought, right, I'm not going to sell him. I'm going to keep the horse. Even if I couldn't ride, I was – still going to have him. So it wasn't until I was 38 that I actually decided uh, I wanted to do the EA course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then at 38, because you've sort of gone along and learnt quite a lot in that time, so even though you might have decided that you'd like to be a coach, you knew you had quite a lot to learn before you actually became qualified as a coach. And then what happened? Did you say, I'm going to have a riding school or you went and worked in a riding school? Because you've got a riding school now. How did that work? Nice. Um, I looked at, you know, I downloaded all the information off the EA website to do my introductory. Oh, sorry, and I had to do dressage special. So, yeah, because you started off teaching with one yeah. one pony. Yeah, yeah. Well, for my daughter, and so mm. um, a couple of her friends all came up having lessons, and then my older horse Gozo. You know, some of the older girls wanted to ride him, so I started using him. So we had two horses, and then we sort of inherited another pony, and then another horse. And then I've got another two. So we've got eight horses now up on the, you know, because I just sort of ran out of horses. So I couldn't keep the horse riding all day on a Saturday. So you know, we just kept – and they, they all pay for themselves. So it's not like they're costing me anything to keep them here. They yeah. all earn their keep. Yes, yes, well. yeah, yeah. And I bet your daughter's happy um, having friends to ride with and being able to, to do things. She loves yeah. A lot of her really good close friends are the young girls that come up here and hang out for the day and help you know, just help me getting the horses ready for the lessons or mm -hmm. help me leading because, you know, a lot of the beginners all need to be led. Yep, yep. Yeah, and so she loves that. All right. You're pretty much, you, you're teaching, what, each afternoon now and then on all day Saturday. Is that how it works? Yeah, and uh, EA started up a course called Ready, Set, Trot. Yes. Where you could take groups of children and teach them. Um, so what I do is I'll, I'll take a group of up to 14 children on a Saturday after school. It's smaller. And while seven of them are riding, the other seven of them do different activities mm -hmm. with the horse riding. Yep, yep. They do unmounted activities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Room and time to teach you know you know one person per hour that's only eight people yeah. a day and you've got up to 30 people that all want lessons yes mm. yes yeah now you talked before about hard work beats talent and you also talked about the riders improving the ones who made the biggest improvements were those that were persistent so if you talk about hard work and persistence are they some of the core skills or character traits that people need to commence in the horse industry Yes, definitely, and they definitely need to be resilient, and they've got to be able to take criticism because some people you you know you'll tell them 
something and they get offended because they feel like you're criticising them. Yep. The way you deliver it, you've got to sort of deliver it in a way that's also not patronising to them as well mm-hmm. with the children. Yeah, so, you know, they've just they've just got to be able to give it a go. A lot of them just give up. You know, you'll say to them, okay, well, just walk the horse from A to B and the horse doesn't move and you can see in their body language they just go, oh, it's not working, they won't do it. And then yeah. you've got the other who really persist until it does it. Yeah. 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 And I think that's taking responsibility too because if they're going to keep saying they won't do it, the horse won't do it, instead of I don't know how to, I'd like to learn how to, that's a bit within their language, that if people learn on learn how to do it rather than just blaming it on the horse or blaming it on someone. Yes, yeah, and I, I found, because I had the one pony teaching lots of different children, I found she was different for every single person. That, so she was either really speedy or really lazy or really stubborn and I realised it was just whoever was riding her, she was completely mirror imaging them. Yep, yep. And that's been uh, really good for me, for me to learn how to ride. Like every time something's not working with my horse, I have to look at myself and think, well, what am I doing Yes. that's making him yes. like this? Yes. What do you think's the best thing about working in the horse industry? Because you worked in the restaurant industry and you've had a cafe. What's the best thing about working in the horse industry? I love that I can do it from home and I just have to walk out my front door and up the road, you know, up the driveway and everything's, the horses are there and everyone comes here. And I almost feel embarrassed to take money from people. <laughs> For me, I feel like I'm just having such a blast and having so much fun doing it. Mm-hmm. I can see, with, you know, a lot of the parents, it's a, a huge effort financially for them to bring their children up and pay for horse riding lessons and I just really appreciate the money that they spend and I try and make it such a great experience for the children mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for teaching you know like I, I look at the money in in the hours they have to work to sort of get that my daughter when she first got a job she was only getting paid seven dollars an hour so that she suddenly would go to buy a dress and she'd think oh I have to work three hours to pay for that dress <laughs> yes <laughs> so yes when people come here for riding lessons and they're paying me for a lesson, and I know how hard they have to work to get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about people who have influenced you? You know, influenced you not necessary to have a school because, you know, as you say, you sort of fell into it. You started off with one pony and then went to using your horse and then, you know, have accumulated horses from there. But just to do with horses or to do with the knowledge that you've gained with horses? Is there someone there that you could say this person's really influenced me? Yes, probably about three years ago was when I really made the commitment that I had to make a change to um, sort of my daily or weekly sort of activities. If I wanted to get any better, I was just sitting on my horse at sort of prelim novice level. Mm -hmm. And I always used to see Heather Curry out riding at shows and she was like really polished beautiful rider and effortless and I just thought I want to be just like her and (laughs) so she actually moved over to my side of town only 20 minutes away from me so I just gave her a call to see if she did take students on which obviously she she did and I just I love her teaching she's she's really fair and um one of her best pieces of advice that she always says is um you know just be positive and confident and I think that's just such a great advice yeah yeah. And I think that's important, not just with riding or horses, but I think that all the way through, you know, if someone's going to mentor you, you've got to like the personality, like the way they go about things, because it's not just what they can teach you, it's the way they teach it that's important yeah. as well. Yeah. They've got to have the knowledge and got to be able to teach skill, but the way they teach it. Yes. And she, you know, she's a Grand Prix rider. So 
you know, you're not going to get to Grand Prix if you're going to an instructor who's only at novice level. Exactly. Or, you know. yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I've had instructors before who sort of they make you feel like, right, that's it, I'm, I'm going to the Olympics next year, I'm so good. <laughs> and then you competition you think, okay, I'm not that good. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you talked about your first horse or the, the horse that you got when you were, you know, that that you've got now is 38, is he? Is that? He's 20, 27 now. 20, oh, 27, I, sorry. Yeah, okay. Is he the one who's influenced you the most or have there been others who've helped you? No, definitely be him. He was a two-year-old just thrown out in the paddock. I think I was lacing a horse at the time and I went out there and this sort of cute little horse came running up and, and I just, it's sort of like he found me. I didn't find him. He sort of came up and picked me to be his human. And, uh, you know, he used to be very dominant over me and then I became dominant over him and, and he, he's just a, a lovely, kind horse and he's taught so many children and so I've had him longer than my husband as well so (laughs) so I've had I think I've had him for 25 years that's good yeah but he he also taught me about you know living in the moment and just how to forgive you know I'd I'd make such terrible mistakes on him but you turn up the next morning with their food and they're so happy to see you (laughs) yeah and the horse you're competing on now that's Akira he came down from Queensland so he's now a 10-year-old warm blood and we're sort of competing medium and training advanced level and he's absolutely gorgeous so beautiful mm-hmm. beautiful horse and I'm hoping that I, I can learn to get to Grand Prix on him yeah yeah what do you think your proudest moment's been I would say that my proudest moment would probably be when my daughter Isabel she was probably 12 at the time 12 or 13 well she was meant to go into a competition on her little 12-hand pony but mm-hmm. he got lame so we asked if we could substitute and she could ride my dressage horse, Akira, and he's a big 17-hand horse. So I was a bit, oh, this could be a bit, you know, I didn't know what he, he's, he's pretty quiet like he's, mm-hmm. and all that. She went out there and she did such a beautiful test and he was just so kind and, and lovely to her. And I, so mm-hmm. I was sitting there watching just thinking, wow, look at that. You know, I've got a, a really beautiful daughter that can ride and a really beautiful horse that can look after her. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Had she ridden him before? Not very often. Just mm. He's got a massive trot, so you feel like you're doing a workout when you ride on him. If you trot <laughs> on him, you come, you know, really high up out of the saddle. Yeah, but lucky yeah. she, in her rise, trot, she was almost you know, standing straight yeah, up. That's good. What do you think, you know, thinking about where you are now with your own riding school and, and I'm thinking about people who would like to set up their own school, you know? What do you think the biggest challenge is? to set up your own school? Well, like for me, I'm lucky I can set up the school here and I, we own own the property mm-hmm. and I'm not paying adjustment fees. So it's on your own property, yep. Yeah, we'd have no start-up because, you know, it's expensive to come over. But, you know, if you're thinking of starting up a school, you know, start with one horse and, you know, make some money from that and then build up with another one or you just have to do a business plan and, and do it. But I have found it I could easily triple the amount of children or students that I take on the weekend for horse riding lessons. There's yep. just such a shortage for, you know, riding schools because it's expensive to own a horse. So a lot of people are happy to pay for the lessons and, and the opportunity for the children to ride, but they can't necessarily afford to buy a horse for their children. Mm. And I think it's a good investment too because while they're coming for lessons, they're under instruction. You know, they're not just there with their own horse. The horse is playing up or something's going on and who do we ask and what do we do? You know, calling it's not just calling the vet, getting an expert out to help, but while they're there, they're paying for their regular lessons. It's there, they're persistent, they can keep going. And I think good value 
for people who need, it's the supervised time in the saddle. You know, they need that supervised time in the saddle to be safe. Yeah. 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 And with um, EA now doing the ready, set, trot or trot, canter, gallop, so the children come up and they learn to ride, but they also have a book that does all the theory side of it as well. Yeah. Yep. So you'd yep. hope when they do get themselves a horse. So They've got a bit of knowledge as well. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think then, you know, thinking of the kids that you teach and, you know, they're beginners and they sort of go through at that fairly novice level, what do you think is a common fault that you see with them? Uh, they uh, they all humanise the horse, you know, give yep. it a human body. So, yes. And so the parents, the parents will say, oh, the horse is feeling lazy today or the horse is not happy today oh. or anything. Yeah, yep. not right. But, and the other thing they tend to make a big mistake in is letting the horses come into their personal space. Mm-hmm. So I, I imagine there's a, a big bubble around the horse and a big bubble around you, like a big space bubble, and you can at any time come into your horse's space, but they can't come into yours. So you see them often leading the horse and the horse has got its nose pushing them <laughs> wherever yes. they want to go. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. I'm thinking them to do that's a good thing for them to learn straight away. What do you tell, you know, because it's almost a marketing ploy like My Little Pony, you know, mm-hmm. to have the horses humanised. What do you say to the parents and the students so that they don't humanise the horse? I say to them, well, horses don't have those type of emotions. They don't hate you and they don't they don't judge you and, and things mm. like that. I understand horses are very simple and, um, you know, they either – it's it's either yes or no, they either do it or they don't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep the grey area out of it. Yep, yep, okay. All right. Now, Lisa, have you got a book that you'd recommend to our listeners? Yes, I read a book called Dancing with Horses by Klaus Hempfling. Yep. It teaches you know, all the techniques to get control from your horse on the ground. So my old horse, Gozo, he used to be really dominant over me. I couldn't even walk him because he used to be around a lot. And then I used, I read Klaus's book and then used the techniques that he teaches in it. And all of a sudden my horse was listening to me and not bullying me around so much. Yep, yep. (laughs) Which is where I came into the, you know, don't let other, you know, don't let the horses into your space bubble. Mm -hmm. You've got to keep personal space. Yeah, yeah, because you said dancing with horses and I thought it would be like a high-level dressage, but it sounds like it's got some really basic good horse handling skills there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He watched a lot of the, you know, he went and lived with the horses, uh, the herd of horses and, and you know, just watched the way the lead horse was. You know, mm-hmm. the lead horse never argue or fight. It's all the lower-ranking ones that argue and fight and the bullies are the lower-ranking ones, not the, mm-hmm. the higher-ranking mm-hmm. ones. Yeah, It was really yep. interesting. Yeah. I haven't seen that book, actually, but it sounds like an interesting read. So it's one that I'll have to put on my list. I've often read a lot of the books that people recommend, but I I look forward to that one. Yeah. You know, he's also on um, YouTube. He's got a lot of YouTube channels as well. Okay. Now, how do you spell his last name? Klaus? Yeah, uh, Klaus. I think it's H-E-M-F-L-I-N-G, Klaus Hempfling. Okay. Yeah, we'll make sure we've got that right. We'll put the correct details on your page, which will be horsechats.com slash Lisa Finn or else just horsechats.com slash books. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure that we've we've got the right details there anyway. Okay, Lisa, what are you looking forward to now? You've got your school going, you're out competing um, on your horse that you plan to take Grand Prix. You've got your mm-hmm. daughter competing with you. Is there anything else that you've got going on that you're looking forward to? I've got a young horse that I actually bought from Heather Curry when she was a year old. Okay. And so she 
three now. She's just broken in. So I'm just training her up and I'm really looking forward to everything that I've learned from Heather to put with this one and it's probably hopefully not going to take as, you know, I won't make the mistakes I made with the previous horses using it on that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we've got to keep learning. I think that's the big thing, you know, to sometimes horses to get, even though they might mentally understand the Grand Prix movements, you've got mm. to still think if you bring them on too quick, they don't have the muscles, you know, in the training and the, the yeah. muscles, the muscles that they need to develop. So, so it's great bringing them on quicker and quicker. But I think, you know, Heather will be there and, you know, she's sort of been there, done that. She's going to, you know, keep you going. But, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I think that's good. Like all the – because I only started learning, like, properly really at 38, mm. you know, taking lessons, but that was just, you know, basic riding lessons. But, you know, the proper riding at 38, you know, I didn't know how to do a flying change or mm-hmm. anything like that. So, But now I know what I'm trying to feel for. Yes, yes, and you've got your own horse that you've learned it. So of course, the next one coming through is going to be a lot quicker and a lot, a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, and I can see it already. Just you know, when I'm riding her, you know, just getting that that feeling of them going forward is just uh, so much easier mm, <laughs> now. Mm, for sure, for sure. Yeah. All right, Lisa, can you summarise your philosophy with horses into a few sentences? I would say when you're around your horses, make sure you've got empathy for the horse. Mm-hmm. And when things don't work, try something different. I think it was Kira Kirkland that said something like, um, if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got, something yeah. like that. But, um, you know, the motto for the Kulingara Riding School is make a change, you know, and change comes from your daily habits. So my philosophy is, you know, if if you keep doing the same thing, you're not going to get any better. You've got to change your daily habits to get better. Yep, yep. I think that's just a good life one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lisa, how can people contact you? You can contact me on the Facebook page. So there's Kulingara Equestrian Centre. It's K-O-O-L-Y-A-N-G-A-R-R-A, which actually when we bought the property, it was called that. And when mm-hmm. we looked up what the name meant, it's an Aboriginal word that means meeting place for happy children. <laughs> so uh, that's good. I think it was meant to be that I ended up with a children's horse riding school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or also oh. on my mobile, which is 0414-903-989. All right. So people in the Adelaide Hills can certainly contact you about lessons. And the other thing is, too, that it'll be on your page at horsechats.com slash Lisa Finn or go to horsechats.com, search for Lisa or search for Finn. Brilliant. Good talking to you, Lisa. I think I think I like the way that you just fell into horses. But yeah, I think a property with a name like that, it was destined to happen. So so good yes. talking to you about that journey. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much for talking to us today and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 